Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. If my hay felt aggressive, because it did coming out. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't notice it. But. It's because we got a lot of stuff that we got to cover. Right. Um, the final four has been set, and after some tooting of our respective horns <laughs> about the Sweet 16 and how well we did at picking that, yeah. um, reality set in. Yeah, I think we... Uh, we have one of we went one for eight uh, combined. You had Virginia. Um, yeah. I went over for four. I know that. So my yeah. my all ACC final four. Yeah. Uh, the one who I probably felt the the you know third most confident on is the only yeah. one who made it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and gosh, that one. You know, by the skin of their teeth, they stayed alive uh, at the end of regulation in a great game. Really was a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, all four Elite Eight games were were very competitive um you know came down to the last minute you know and, and in two cases went to overtime so yeah you, you, you know you couldn't ask for too much more when it comes to drama but boy i think i could ask for more when it comes to who won and maybe i'm a maybe i'm a blue blood snob but um the, the final four would be a whole lot different to me if you had duke kentucky and gonzaga in it uh and not having any of them like i'm having a hard time getting too um animated for this one well i will push back if only slightly on your blue blood statement it's hard to not consider michigan state one it is and they are they are but uh i guess they they don't have the sizzle that duke had all year oh Um, true no one did no one did you know i mean duke was the story from from the opening night when they blew out kentucky um and, and kind of captured the imagination. Zion has been so good and, you know, is going to run away with player of the year. Um, and so, you know, if, if Michigan State had beaten Gonzaga, I probably wouldn't feel that way. But instead, it feels like, you know, Duke's out, which is, to me, the biggest letdown. Um, the second biggest letdown would be Kentucky because I, I enjoy Kentucky. I like Calipari. I, that's you know, coach I, I, for I, life Calipari to you. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I root for him. Um and and then Gonzaga would have been a team I rooted for, but they got beat too, and and so it's just um, you know I mean look every every team earned their way there. There's no uh, I'm not I'm not saying like you know they need to you know fix the games or something where you know something went wrong. It just it just kind of comes out this year as a a little bit of a boring group to me. I'll be honest. Um, now if you're an Auburn fan or a Texas Tech fan, you you know you'd say that's ridiculous uh, and and I respect that if ASU was one of these teams in and people said it was boring I'd be like well good for you it's not boring for me um, but it's just it's not a it's not a group that I can get too energized about I think that the best story for me is Auburn overcoming the injury to I yeah. think unquestionably their best player yeah, I mean, one of their most important, certainly, uh, you know, with size. And, uh, I mean, those two guards are really good, Harper and, and Brown. Brown. Yeah, um, but... And Harper, I know Ian Eagle made this point, side point here. Harper's a dead ringer for Marlo Stanfield. I never thought of it, but once Ian Eagle made that point, dead on the money. You're having a very wire tournament. I am. I am. I mean, and that, that is that – is, uh, I mean, I saw the picture and I'm like, wow, he really does look exactly like Marlo. But anyway, that's a side topic. For well, you've got day. your you've got your uh, Bunny Colvin as well. I do. That's right. Leonard Hamilton was a was a dead ringer for Bunny Colvin. Yeah. So 
this is a popular tournament for you know people who look like wire characters um but uh yeah he, he really does and, and a heck of a player i mean a guy who who uh you know couldn't be stopped late in the game against kentucky and it felt like if they could get you know a stop on him at some point driving to the basket they could win the game and they they couldn't come up with it when they needed it most um and, you know, I mean, look, all four teams have, have played extremely well. Uh, that's It's not to knock any of them. It's just, you know, I'll say this. If you had given me these four at the start of the tournament and said, you know, take it or leave it, I would have said, leave it. Uh, you know, can we, can we start again? But we can't. This is what we got, and this is how it is. Do you think that Tony Bennett can do it? I kind of hope so. I mean, I texted you Sunday night after Duke lost and said I, you know, thought I'd probably be rooting for Virginia, and I still think that. I think it would be a, a, a cool story uh, just from the standpoint of what they did last year and the years before, you know, knocking on the door of the Final Four. Last year, number one overall seed, going out to a 16 um, to, to get over the hump and get to the Final Four, first of all, is, is big for them, but to win it all would be great. Um and he's got Pac-10 roots, you know, back when it was the Pac-10. Uh, so I, I kind of find myself rooting for them. But, you know, that, that Auburn game is a very interesting contrast in styles because they are, a, you know, a defensive team. And Auburn is not. Auburn is a, you know, run and gun. Uh, and we saw Purdue able to get a lot of points from the outside against them, which is what their defense is designed to take away. Uh, so if Auburn can, can match what Purdue did, I think they probably will win that game. Yeah. Um, and on the other side, Texas Tech, Michigan State. I'm going to root for Michigan State because I would like there to be an ASU hangover uh, when we play them in football, that they're so <laughs> focused on their basketball team. I was really thinking, boy, where are you going with that? How is that connected? Um, sure, sure. When, we show, I'm, up, I'm when we show up in September – yeah, uh, I would All like their everyone. fans are still watching, you know, commemorative videos of Michigan State's national championship in basketball. Yeah, I would like it okay. to uh, keep the price of tickets down because they are still <laughs> sitting in their same recliners and couches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, you never know. Uh, I, who would be your pick from here? I mean, we obviously both picked Duke at the start, and they're out. Um, and you didn't have Virginia make it the title game, so. Let's let's reset it. Who's your pick to win it all? I'm going to go with Virginia over Michigan State. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to go Michigan State over Auburn. No one thinks Texas Tech. <laughs> no, and, and I, I'm not. Um, I mean, I may be guilty of overlooking them. Uh, they play really good defense, and they uh, boy, they they just embarrassed Michigan, who I had in the Final Four. Um, and then did a great job defensively against a, a really good Gonzaga offense. I mean, a team that, you know, was the best offense in the country all year, barely got, you know, close to 70 points or under 70, I think. Um, so they, you know, it's just, I guess it, I guess it's just one of those things where it's like, really, do you, do you believe in Texas tech? But we shouldn't be that way. I mean, they've, they've earned their way here and they've looked legit, but I guess I always kind of tend to favor Michigan state. Um, and, you know, Izzo went through, you know, he, he's always been the like, you know, uh, take Izzo to the final four every year. And the last couple of years hasn't been that way. They got bounced early a couple of times, but now we're, we're kind of back to that traditional Michigan state team that, you know, doesn't have a lot of individual superstars, 
but here they are in the final four anyway. I'm sure that if he started listening, he's probably turned it off by now. But we should mention for Greg Powell the fact that uh, Texas A&M has hired a new basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzz Williams continues his uh, trajectory of just staying, you know, as as long as he can to make it to a better contract somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was presumed he was going to go there from the minute that job came open. I guess he has roots there. I think you know. I don't. I don't know the whole backstory, but um, you know that that seemed to be the only candidate. And you know, he he seemed to uh, you know he did his what seventy two hours or so after they got eliminated, and and here he is. You know, moving on. Uh, had his had his morning period basically, and now he's uh, on to another stop. That's that's mm-hmm. life in the coaching industry. At least, he that, didn't, but, at least he know. didn't sign an Oatsian like extension before. No, he did not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 He did not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a good hire for them. I mean, the guy's had, I'm not his biggest fan, as you can attest uh, via my text from last Friday night. Um, but, you know, he's, he's done a solid job. I mean, he, uh, you know, he, he did well at Marquette. I think he, he got them to at least one Sweet 16, maybe two. I know one because it was it was here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got Virginia Tech to a Sweet 16 and, and you know, has done well there, a program that traditionally hasn't been very good at basketball. Um, so, you know, you would expect him to do well at A&M. And the SEC is, is booming when it comes to basketball. It really is. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's turned the corner in a lot of ways. And you'd expect A&M to be right there with everybody else now. Which leads to the job that's open, the tarnished crown jewel of college basketball, I think. Yeah. UCLA? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they asked for and were granted permission to talk to Calipari, which now just seems mean because he signed a <laughs> lifetime deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, all, all since what? Alfred got fired right before New Year's. Right. And, you know, the, the thought has been that, boy, they're really going to make a splash. They're going to pay whatever is necessary to make a splash. Um, and then the report comes out that, yes, they talked to Calipari, but they offered less money than he made at Kentucky. So were you really were you really interested? I mean, you know, why would he leave Kentucky for less money? He's built Kentucky into a really good thing. He's I, never I, I coached mean, out West. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, like if you're going to try to – to take a guy from where he's comfortable and where he's done very well, you got to blow him away with the financial offer. And they apparently didn't do that. Um, maybe he wouldn't have gone anyway. I don't know. Um, but now the, you know, the rumor today seems to be that it's Jamie Dixon's job. Um, which, you know, it's funny because 10 years ago, uh, Jamie Dixon was a hot candidate. You know, he, he had done well at Pitt. And when the thought was that, you know, Howland might move on, I remember when we were, you know, in college, just coming out of college, you know, Howland was going to, you know, the theory, Howland's going to go to the NBA and Jamie Dixon's going to come take over UCLA. Well, neither one of those things happened. Um, and Jamie Dixon's done a solid job at TCU. Again, much like Tech, not a great basketball program. He's made them competitive. Uh, but boy, it's, it's not a big splash. Let's say that. Now, doesn't mean it won't be good. But it's not a splash. No, and at this point, I'm not sure what the splash would be. Katina? I'm not sure there is one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 
to an extent, I guess that would be a splashy hire. I mean, you get a guy who's won national championships and, but he's, uh, you, you know, know, old. He's tarnished. Uh, you know, his, his resume comes with a whole lot of black marks on it. Personal uh, and professional. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I don't know that there is one. And, and again, it goes back. I mean, you and I have discussed this a few times. And I just, I just wonder if UCLA basketball, and we don't see it because we're out here in Pac-12 country and, and we think UCLA is the crown jewel. But on a national level, is UCLA basketball and Nebraska football? Where you know people people have this grand illusion of what it is, but that that's twenty plus, and in UCLA's case, about forty years ago when they were really at their best, mm-hmm. and and that you know nationwide is that still that appealing? I'm not sure that it is. So I have a question for you, an objective question. Yeah. Better program right now for a job. Uh-huh. As far as prestige and what have you, mm-hmm. UCLA or Indiana? Uh, Could UCLA get Archie Miller if they wanted him? Ah, uh, gosh, I mean, that's a tough call because I mean he just went there, and you know I think his his roots are there. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean. Uh, that's a good one because you could say they're kind of in similar boats. Right. Uh, that's what I'm you saying. Know, their they, heydays were long ago. You know, and, so. and the the fan base believes they belong there. They belong back in that heyday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, obviously Indiana. Uh, no one's got the history of UCLA. I mean, UCLA has the most championships of any program by a mile. Uh, you know, and and has that run in the '60s and '70s that will never be matched ever uh, in in you know college basketball history. What they did, um, but Indiana's got more recent. I mean, slightly more recent. You know, they won what two or three titles in the '80s with Bob Knight, uh, and they uh, each you know, have their one outlier run with yes. uh, Davis. Indiana got to the championship game there with Mike Davis. Yeah, and. and UCLA. I mean, UCLA got to the three straight Final Fours with Howland. Yeah. Shouldn't forget that. But you know, the bottom line is, and I mean, it's it's one of those things that I thought of maybe two or three years ago, and with each passing year, it gets more and more that way. We're now at. I mean, I think Wooden's last title was in '75, and so we're now at 43 seasons, and they've won one national championship in that span. So, you know. Well, yes, they they won eleven before that. That's forty three years ago. <laughs> you know, I mean, so does that still? It resonates, but does it does it really resonate on on the level that they think it does? I'm not sure that it does. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because you know we grew up where beating UCLA yeah. means something. Meant something, right? Right. And, you know, we did it twice this year in basketball. We beat them in the conference tournament. We beat them in our only regular season meeting. And it didn't feel like it meant that much. I mean, it was, you know, hey, every win was important. Yeah. But it didn't feel like, wow, we beat UCLA. It was like, yeah, okay, we beat UCLA. On to the next one. Um, and it's been like that more often. Now, they've had some, you know, I mean, two years ago they had the team that, with Lonzo Ball, got to the Sweet 16 and was, was you know, highly ranked all year. Obviously, Howland's teams, I mean, they had – 
God, you look at those teams. They had Kevin Love and Westbrook and Darren Collison, and you know they had some really good Aaron talent. Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo, yeah, you know, uh, Ship's older brother Josh Ship. I mean, you know, guys who are still playing or played a long time in the NBA. Um, that was a good, you know, very good team. But that stands out as the exception to the rule over the last twenty or so years. Really, they've had yeah. good teams, good teams. Well, but, Al- but Alfred, not that many you great know, teams. Alfred's Elite Eight team that you sure. know. That could have been a Final Four team. Could have been, sure, sure. I mean, they've had a few good teams, and they can have those type of teams. I'm not at all saying that UCLA stinks, and then you know we should just give up. I mean, you can you can recruit well there, and you can do well there. We've seen it in in our lifetime, very recently in our lifetime. Uh, but to expect them, and I think that's what people expect, is that well, UCLA they're just going to own the West Coast. Uh, they should be competing for national titles every other year. I don't think that's going to happen because it hasn't happened in our lifetime. Really hasn't. They've had little blips where they've been really good. Other than that, they're just, they're good. They're a good program. But, you know, the 60s and 70s are long ago, and they ain't coming back. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough place. And obviously, you know, you and I have discussed a lot about the Pac-12 and its problems, and the, that probably has an effect uh, on who wants to go to UCLA as well. Can't can't ignore that fact, you know, in addition to everything else. The one other thing about college basketball, and we, we've talked about this at, at great length before, but mm-hmm. you just need to convince three kids who were born within a year of each other sure. that they should come to you, and you're sure. right back in. You, you know? are. You are now. The difference on that, you know, compared to maybe the old days and not even that much old days, is then you got to keep doing it. I mean, you look at you look at Duke and, and what they've done, and, and you know, they have these great classes, but then they're gone after a year. Then you better you better replace them with another class, and that's the challenge at any program to compete at the very highest level. If UCLA wants to, is yeah, you're right. You you know, if you can get three or four big time guys. But you better have three or four more big time guys right behind them, and then right behind them, and then right behind them, because you know those guys leave. And, and like I said, UCLA. I mean, two years ago they had that kind of team. They had Lonzo Ball, they had TJ Leaf, um, you know, guys, two guys who went in the lottery, and then you know, two years later, Steve Alford gets fired. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people getting fired, everyone who works for the AAF. <laughs> Uh, is out of a job, which is not it's funny. Not, it is a it is a sad not. thing for the people who this was part of their livelihood. Yeah, I, it I, is. It is. It's it's a shame. I mean, it, yeah, and, and um, you know, we always forget that when it comes to any sports story, coaches get fired or whatever. You know that it it, it has an, a human effect. You know, when a, you and I've been through it with ASU. You know, head coach gets fired and. and we sort of kind of celebrate it because it's like, oh, boy, we needed that. We needed to change. Well, there's a lot of people that lives are affected by that, and you always sort of feel bad about that, but that's, that's sports. And, and this one's different um, because this is kind of a shame, honestly. That you, know, you and I talked about it a few weeks ago when the league was just starting, and I sure didn't think it would come to an end this fast. And, and the lack of patience really is the most surprising thing. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't feel good that it no, failed. No, I mean um, it just feels like they uh, feels like they they needed to get bailed out 
by this, you know, Tom Dundon guy from the Hurricanes. And I think they just gave him the keys to the castle and, you know, basically took him at his word that, oh, yeah, I'll hang with it. And then about five or six weeks in, he decided, no, I don't feel like hanging with it anymore. And that's it. Um, and, and, you know, he's the majority owner. If he doesn't want to commit the money, that's it. Mm. And I think that's what happened here. Well, and look, guys don't become billionaires by losing no. tens of millions of dollars at a they don't. You're right. Um, but when you go out of your way to say, I'll do this, um, right. that's a shame. The, I know you saw and I read the athletic article um, yes. that was supposed to be just a, an inside yeah. look. Um, Which was interesting, you know, the part, the part about kind of how things work, that was, that was eye-opening in some ways. But yeah, the, the you know, top of the story changed based on what happened yesterday. Do you think there is a market for this type of league based on what we've Gosh. seen now? I mean, that's a great question, and there's not a great answer. I I think that there can be. Um, you know, I, I think when when we talked after week one or two or whatever it was that we you know discussed it, and and we both you know kind of talked about well they they got to be patient with this. This can become something, but you've got to be patient. Well, they were just the opposite of patience. Um, they you know. A week ago, it was, hey, we need NFLPA cooperation or we're going under. And they went under. <laughs> and and um, that was never going to happen that fast. There was no chance of that. Uh, you can't just expect another arm that has nothing to do with your business to help you out. You know, that's unrealistic in every way. Um, I think there could have been something here, but I think you've got to know what it is and that was the thing that I thought this league was doing well, which is know what they are. Go to some smaller cities, you know, non-NFL cities. Um, aside from Phoenix and Atlanta, that's where they went. Um, and realize that you're a minor league and be a minor league. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they were on the right track, and then they derailed. Um, I, so I don't I'm know. confused, honestly, by with the money they had – and the structure they built, how Bill Polian can come out and say we were stretched too thin. It, you know, right. what, how much were they relying on ticket revenue? They had a TV deal. I know. Um, I know. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you have to know, you have to know what you are. And you're never going to put, you know, 40,000 people in the stands for minor league sports. On a consistent basis. I mean, I think San Antonio did really well initially and, and, and I think continued to do fairly well attendance-wise. Um, but it is minor league. And most of these guys, I, I mean, I noticed it in watching the first couple games that were on. I, you know me and you, you and I have talked. Like, I love college football. I watch a lot of college football from all over the map. And there were a lot of guys I'd never heard of. And it kind of was eye-opening, like, wow, there's – there's a lot of guys in this league that I've never heard of. And I consider myself not the biggest college football fan in the world, but a pretty big one. Uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of the major colleges, and, you know, wall to wall college football on Saturdays. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it's hard to get people invested when the majority of the guys out there, they've never heard of, but that's minor league sports. I mean, you go to a, a G league game, you probably see a lot of guys you've never heard of. Um, you go to a double a baseball game, 
you see a lot of guys you never heard of, but they find ways to make that work, accepting what they are, not yeah. trying to become big league ever, really, but certainly not in year one. And and yeah. I I think that could have worked with football, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my theory's wrong. You know, maybe there's something about it that just doesn't work. If there's going to be a way that that something like this survives. I think that the model will have to look more like the model for every sport but hockey. And yeah. that is the professional major league supports the developmental league yeah. financially. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, so I, I don't even know if I, – I don't necessarily mean by paying their salaries, although I think that might be some of it. But but what I think it is more is we're going to pay for the infrastructure. We're going to pay right. for all of this and we're going to throw the games on the NFL Network and we're going to have an all-star right. game and we're going to have a skills challenge and we're just going to fill yeah. content, content, content. And, you know, and, and it's a chance for these guys to try to hang on. And, you know, we're going to move the team from Phoenix to Tucson. We're going to move the team from Atlanta to Athens. And we're going to just. Yep. I agree. I I think you're, you're right. I mean, uh, part of me wonders, did they, did they rush this league too much? Uh, You know, because you, you know, the XFL got announced maybe, what, 18 months ago or something like that. And it's not coming for another year. Right. And and the thought was, boy, the Alliance is really going to steal their thunder. They're going to start before them. And maybe they rushed it, you know, maybe they didn't have everything well thought out and well planned. seems like that's true in some ways. Um, you know, the whole thing that just confounds me is like, if you, you know, go into what you're saying, if you want to have the NFL work with you, then why don't you do that from the start? I mean, you know, or, or you've got to be patient. And it sounds like, you know, Ebersole and, and Polian, we're willing to be and believe that, hey, we can do this for a couple of years and, and the NFL will join us. And I, like I said, I just think they gave this, this Dundon guy the, you know, the keys to the house and said, you know, well, we need your money. Uh, we'll worry about everything else later. And they got his money and there was no everything else later. <laughs> you know, so uh, maybe there was no way around it. Um, you know, financial trouble doomed him from the start. They had to get bailed out by this guy, and that that allowed him to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting. I mean, I, I listened to the guys on PTI yesterday talk about it, and they talked about how, you know, it, is there just no appetite for football in the spring? I'm not sure that's true. Uh, one of them made the point, and then Dan Patrick made the same point this morning at the beginning of the show I was listening, that, you know, the NFL is now year-round. It doesn't play games year-round. But it stays in the news year round. You know, you, yeah, free agency, the draft. Super Bowl is the combine, and then you got free agency, and then you got the draft, and then you got OTAs, and then you got mini camps, and then you got training camp a month after that, and then all of a sudden it's the season again. And they they find a way to keep themselves in the news more than they used to. The NFL did not used to be, you know, a they didn't want to year news cycle. They or or they, they did, know. but they didn't know how. The NBA was really the only one who got it. Right. Right. Yes. And and they have now managed to not have very many slow times in the calendar. Uh, I mean, really, maybe, you know, the middle of February um, and then. But you got coaching changes and things then. You do. You do. Yeah. You know, and then you've got your, you know, basically from mid-June to mid-July. 
you know, OTAs and mini camps are over. Training camps don't start till the end of July. That's your dead time. But that's only about a month. And, and so, you know, people's and Wilbon made this point, and I think he's right at that. People's appetite for football can be satiated by turning on NFL Live every day on ESPN. They don't. They don't need to, to watch a minor league football game because they can watch, you know, uh, Wendy Nix and and you know Teddy Bruschi talk about, uh, you know, I, I, today they were doing some stupid thing about you know a bracket for, you know, who are the best pass rushers in the draft. So a way to you know touch on the NCAA tournament but still talk about the draft. Uh, you know that exists when it didn't used to exist. You compare it to the USFL, that didn't exist in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And so there was a market for spring football that now I don't, I'm not sure there isn't a market for spring football, but more so, you know, that is satisfied by the NFL staying in the news all well, year long. And the, you know, setting aside NFL live, the NFL has its own channel. If right. you want to they watch yeah. NFL, they'll show you old games. They'll show exactly. you bio picks yeah. on guys, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 something out there all the time. I mean, yeah, you're, you know, ESPN is what I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, there's a 24 hour NFL channel. There's you know, I, you know there's it, talk shows. It, it go- uh, you know, just talk football. No, that's it. And it goes. I mean, it goes for me for baseball. You know, I sometimes right. in the dead of winter, I I'm I'm needing a baseball fix, <laughs> and I will look and see if they're showing the Caribbean League games. Or the fall league all star game, or whatever, right. and I'll watch it just because I want to see some baseball. Right, right. right. But I don't you need know, yeah. to then go. I, I don't need to go find a new league because the MLB tells me, "Hey, don't worry, we got you here." We got you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so that I think is. I mean, I think the comparison to the USFL is just a faulty one. Different time. The NFL wasn't the behemoth that it is now. It was big, but. Oh, you know, I mean, that was what a, a half a dozen teams ago or more. Yes, I was going to say. I mean, there was there was at least four teams that didn't exist. There's no Panthers, no Jaguars, no Ravens slash Browns, basically, you know, and yeah. no Texans. Right. Um, you know, so at least four. It was you know 28 teams at most, maybe less than that. Um, and you know, the NFL was. I mean, when did the USFL start? 1983. There was a player strike in 1982. That cut out half the season. They had replacement players. You know, the NFL was not anything close to what it is now. It's a it's a behemoth that swallows up everything in its path. So, you know, the, the notion of comparing this to the USFL, I think it's just a faulty one. You got to know what you are. And I thought I, that's the thing about this thing. I thought they did. They didn't shoot for the moon. They didn't say we're going to take on the NFL. We're going to spend all kinds of money and bring in big stars and you know, try to compete. That's not going to happen. But I think they brought in a guy who thought, well, why are we, why am I sinking all this money into a losing proposition to hopefully see something in maybe four years? Just like you said, you know, you don't become a billionaire too often by losing money. And I think this guy did not have the patience to say, well, lose money for a while, but hang with us. We're going to have something halfway decent. And that's all it's ever going to be halfway decent. It's, I mean, it's a minor league is always going to be a minor league. You know, that's what the G league is. That's what triple a baseball is. Um, nobody's planning their calendars around a triple a baseball game, but you know, it's fun. If you're in town, you go see it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, but again, maybe there's something about football that just doesn't work. Admittedly, it is a more expensive sport. 
bigger rosters, stadiums, equipment. Um, maybe there's something that about football that just doesn't work in a minor league capacity. I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, because it's not college, so no. it doesn't get well, that. And, and it's funny that you that you bring that up because I was, you know, I've thought a lot last couple of days about, you know, the fact that the G League started small and became something. They were patient with it. And I looked up today and I, you know, I realized, well, okay, the G League, D League then, became something big when? Well, when college basketball became less of a feeder system. Guys started coming out before college or coming out right away, one year in, two years in. And I think the NBA realized, hey, we got to have a place for these guys. We're, we're bringing guys into the league who are not ready, and they're, they're going to waste. And what do we do? And they started to put a lot of resources in. And if I don't have to do that right now, they've got their free minor league with college football. They don't need to spend money on a minor league. Now, I will say this. If the NCAA were to crack down on these illegal payments and recruiting yeah. and, you know, the not not even illegal in the crime sense of the book Richardson's, right. but in the you right. know violations of the rules Reggie Bush sense, mm-hmm. um, then there might be a market for this because the seventy thousand dollar contract for year one mm-hmm. and the eighty thousand for year two and the hundred thousand for year three. Well, if those are your three years, you have to wait between high school sure. and the NFL. That's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sure, sure. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, there is um, that would be the place, you know, if there was or if there was ever a change to the draft rules, and there doesn't seem to be anything on the horizon for that. But if you know anybody ever won a case like Claret and Mike Williams did and then lost. Um, you know, to all of a sudden open the floodgates, guys could come out after you know one year. And you started having a flood of young players that wanted to, you know, go professional. Again, I believe that's why the NBA was motivated to do this. In part, not not that solely, but you know, they needed a spot for guys like Lou Dort, who we've talked about several times, that aren't ready to play in the NBA but don't want to stay in college. What do you do with them? Well, this was the answer. Football doesn't need that answer right now. I mean, yeah, you know, you talk, you hear coaches talk about how guys aren't you know, developed enough in college and we don't get enough time with them and then all that's true. But the bottom line is college football is a great free minor league system for the NFL. Guys become stars in college. They become household names. Um, and, and the NFL doesn't have to pay a dime for it. And then they get to draft these guys on, you know, Thursday night here in April in three weeks and they've already got marketable stars and they didn't do anything to set it up. It's a great system for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's no much like the NBA, there's no real need for the NFL to change. You know, there isn't. And that's not at all. You know, when when I saw the thing about Coach K talking, you know, when they're going to switch to the 18 year old draft again and the high school eligible draft again for the NBA. Yeah, the NBA is fine. It's college yes. that's going to have to adjust and make the changes. His point was, was very interesting, yeah. That, you know, yeah, I mean, the NBA just can kind of go back to the model they had before. And, you know, they've got, they've, they're a lot more prepared for it now than they were because, again, you've got the minor league. So if guys come out, you know, you've got a place to, to put them and coach them and develop them. 
Well, um, now there's more than just Sonny Vaccaro camps. Right, you know, the whole right. AAU circuit and yes, all of yes. these things. You, so you just know. And and it's great. The other people who it's great for are Nike and Adidas because yeah. you can sign Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett before they become household names. Yeah. To you know, Vaccaro I saw said why I was thinking of him. He had that mm-hmm. quote about Zion Williamson shoe deal. We're talking right. you know, a hundred million dollars. Well right. if you signed senior Zion Williamson before the draft, right. y- you're probably gonna have to pay him, you know, four or five million dollars because yeah. he's gonna be a lottery like pick. This. But right. right. You know I mean Zion is as as has been discussed all year, you know, and we're not breaking new ground here, he's an exception to the rule now in, in basketball. Somebody who has, has really become a star name in such a short amount of time in college basketball. We don't see that a lot anymore. Um, you know, these guys come and go very quickly. We don't know much about them. And then they're, then they're pros and that's it. Um, you know, and, and they're, they're here and gone. Zion is an exception. He's going to be the player of the year. I mean, I was, I was trying to think last night. For some reason this came to mind and I still don't know the answer. Who was the player of the year last year in college basketball? Was it, I don't know. Was it Jalen Brunson? I was thinking Jalen Brunson, and he might have won it. I think it was I him. Two, I was going to say, go where I thought you were going with this, the question that popped into my mind is, who's the last guy who was a one-and-done, who n- not even cracked the pop culture right. ether the way that Zion has, but who was a household name for just casual sports fans. And, and yeah. to me, I think it might be Durant. Might be Durant. Uh, you could you could make a case, Anthony Davis. Now, maybe yeah. not. Maybe I'm. You know, I'm not sure. But he was part Davis of a. Was, but but he was part of a group. You know, was, I don't remember him was. being a breakout star. I remember him being one of the great Kentucky true, players. True. Yeah, uh, you know. But I mean, even Anthony Davis was seven years ago. They were the 2012 yeah. national champs. You know, so that's a while. Durant was 12 years ago when he was in college. Um, you know, Carmelo probably before that was 03. So, yeah, it doesn't happen that often. And, and Zion came about because he was already a bit of a name before ever going to college. You know, he was a YouTube sensation for the dunks. Um, and, you know, his let's, let's also call it what it is. His unique name helps. Zion is, resonates more than Anthony Davis. <laughs> just does. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that seems like a trivial thing, but it's not. You know, Anthony Davis is just, eh, yeah, great, Anthony Davis. Um, you know, Zion. But Zion will be Zion the way LeBron is LeBron, yes, LeBron and Melo is Melo. Exactly, exactly. You know, a unique name that you remember. Um, so, and, and then going to Duke, and obviously that helps put him on the national radar. If he had gone to South Carolina, for example, where he's from, he wouldn't be the star that he is right now because South Carolina doesn't get noticed as much as Duke. Um, so uh, all the elements were there for him, but you don't see that much anymore and you do see it in football and that's you know going back to that point like but you know i couldn't tell you who won with certainty who won the wooden award last year but i could tell you the last 20 heisman winners real easily because that's a big thing you know you make these guys stars we everybody knows kyler murray everybody the Mm -hmm. last you know two years ago the wooden award winner was frank mason can you remember where frank mason played no <laughs> I mean, I do only because they were. He got presented the award at the Final Four here. He played for Kansas. 
you know, so that tells you everything you need to know, <laughs> you know, but, but you sure can remember where Baker Mayfield played, right? He won the Heisman two years ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's Well, different. but if they keep giving the Heisman to Oklahoma quarterbacks. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, if I, uh, okay, let's go about a decade. Remember where Mark Ingram played? Yes. Bama. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I mean, and that's, that's a while ago. Uh, he wasn't a huge household name, but still, you remember. I bet you if I, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, got, no, no, but you, you know, can, Rashawn Salam. Where did Rashawn Salam play? You remember that? Colorado, but you, Colorado, you know, and we were yeah, kids then. Yeah, and, and you're right because your memory, and I think this goes to a broader point you were making earlier. Your memories of these guys are tied into their college careers yeah. much more. Than your memory of basketball. basketball players, unless, yes. unless they were your school or your rival yes. school, you know. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. when you were listing before, you know, and we were going through the guys who played for UCLA for those good teams, mm-hmm. I, the other name I thought of was Lorenzo Mata, and that was yes. only because it was so <laughs> random. But like no right. one else, th- these are teams that no went one. to three straight Final Fours, and yeah, people might remember Luke Richard and Mute was on those teams. Yeah. True, but but do they remember that Lorenzo Mata was also on those teams? Probably, Probably not. not. No, no. And and I mean, even going a step further with that, how many just ordinary average basketball fans associate Russell Westbrook with UCLA? We do because we saw him play at UCLA. But you know, he, he was there two years, and and they were good. They went to two Final Fours, I believe, with him. at least one. I, I think he was there for one of them, maybe maybe two. Um, and and you don't think of guys with their college like you do in football, and that's because they're not there that much. I mean, you know, um, I mean, there's so many examples. I mean, Jason Tatum, rising star in basketball. We think how many people remember that he played one year at Duke? Some, but probably not everybody, because he was there and gone. Well, and he was at Duke. What about Jalen Brown? Right, right. Played at Cal. Yeah, and honestly. I mean, I saw Cal play that year, and I didn't think, boy, I'm seeing a you know top five pick. He ended up being a top five pick, but but yeah, I mean, it's just the the divide between, and, and that's why Zion's so unique because he's going to be the number one pick almost certainly, and he's definitely going to be the player of the year. You don't see that much anymore. I mean, the, the player of the year is usually a guy who's getting picked in the second round, and the number one pick is a guy who's not playing in the NCAA tournament. That's why this year was unique. Because you had the the top player playing for the top team, who's going to be the number one pick. You don't see that a whole lot anymore in college basketball. Yeah, but you see it all the time in football. And and you know, again, we know these guys. I mean, when when Jameis Winston got drafted, you knew him. When Marcus Mariota got drafted, when uh, I mean, even a guy Carson Wentz, who was you know played at a small school. But people still, oh, you know, he what? went to North Dakota State. They won five titles in a row. Well, how know? about I mean, ESPN went out to North Dakota State for right, game day? Right. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just it's just different, and that's why I think the NFL. You know, Dan Patrick said this morning that he, you know, he loves to do this. His, you know, his people told him that, uh, you know, the NFL didn't want to be a part of this at the start because they don't want something to fail. They don't want to be a part of the failure. Logical. And they also don't have a motivation to. I mean, from a business sense, coaches would probably love it. 
if you pulled the 32 coaches and said, do we need a minor league to be able to develop these guys? You'd probably get a 32-0 vote yes. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it always comes back to money. And, and so, you know, if you're an owner, if you're in the, the business wing of the NFL, is there a real motivation to do this? No. Because, you know, next year you're going to draft Tua Tungabailoa, and he's already going to be a huge star because of what he did at Alabama. You don't have to market him. You don't have to coach him. You don't have to do anything. Wherever he goes, boom, starting. Yeah. All right. Stars. This is a weekend yes. all about stars. We're yes, going yes. to have a final four. We're also going to have a triple threat match. That's right. Headlining That's right. WrestleMania. For the, the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment. For a winner-take-all Raw SmackDown Women's Championship. But let's not That's let's correct. not start at the top. Let's work okay. our way there. Okay. So we've got – I'm looking at the bullet points. Three, six got like 15 matches. 15 scheduled matches right now, it, yes. It's going to be, I don't know, a hundred-hour-long WrestleMania. It's going to be long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it starts at 2 o'clock Pacific with the kickoff show and could go probably as late as 9.30, 10, maybe later than that. So he, let's start with who's not here and who's not fighting. Yes. Because I think that might be the more interesting. Uh, the Undertaker is no, not fighting. Not on the card. And For the first time in, gosh, how long? I mean... When's the last time of a WrestleMania he wasn't scheduled for? Well, the streak was 21, right? I believe so. Now, he did miss one in that time when he was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess technically last year he wasn't scheduled, although they did the whole angle. With but he obviously was going to fight. So you knew he was going to show up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, this is the first one since, well, I think it was 2001 that he was injured. I think, or maybe 2000. Um, it was 2000. Yeah. Cause he came back. It was when we were in eighth grade and I remember he came back at the pay-per-view in May, uh, on the motorcycle, the new motorcycle gimmick that he had. And then everyone kind of just forgot that it ever existed. Um, so this might be the first one since then that he's not, you know, likely to participate in. So we've got no undertaker. We've got no John Cena. We don't think uh, there's nowhere the for him on the card. No, there's not. Now, now the the thought seems to be he's still going to somehow appear, but maybe not in a full match. I here's what I think happens. I think that he eliminates Colin Jost from the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle <laughs> Royal. <laughs> oh God! One of the I'll, I'll just say one of the worst subplots going into this is the unnecessary inclusion of two people from Saturday Night Live in this joke battle royal against poor old Braun Strowman, who a year ago was like ready to break through and they missed the window. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, 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 the window has closed. Maybe it'll open again, but it's not open now. I think it was that he tagged with Nicholas. It was really downhill it when he and Nicholas been. broke up. It might have been. I mean, yeah, you, you know, that's a great point. That was a year ago on this show when they totally butchered that and, and, you know, made it into a joke and they've not really, I mean, the fact they never had to beat Brock when they gave him several matches against Brock, uh, you know, that, that, that just killed his momentum. 
I also think a real spot for John Cena is they'll have him replace Baron Corbin. I would love that. I think they should have done that all along. And if they do it now, I mean, I think it'd be great, but like uh, it should have been done before now. If you do it on the show, why didn't you know you should have done two weeks before and built some hype for it? Yeah. Um, The thought seems to be that, you know, Elias is doing a, a, you know, performance and that somebody, of course, is going to interrupt him because he always gets interrupted and that it could very well be seen in that spot. If he has a if he does a six song concert with no interruptions, wouldn't that be the greatest work of all time? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, the show isn't long enough, so we definitely need a musical performance by a wrestler. I I feel like we could do it during the pre-show, though. You know? (laughs) And they might. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's set up for an interruption. Um, But, yeah, you're right. It would be an upset if he wasn't. Yeah, he actually got through his entire performance. Yeah. I, I, you know, WrestleMania is a place where magic happens, and and I think that's it. That's right. Um, Yeah, yeah. Now, Vince McMahon got torn apart on uh, John Oliver's show this week. Yeah, I saw that. But uh, I don't think he cares, because I think he's just printing money this week. So, Well, he's got to be thrilled. I mean, to go back to the previous story we talked about, now the deck is cleared for his league to, you know, get all the notice next spring. So it's a good week to be Vince McMahon. I mean, you know, he's got his giant show and and his uh, main competitor has already gone under with the football league. Will there be over under 0.5 XFL ads during WrestleMania? Oh, way over. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying at least three. Counting the pre-show or, or not counting the pre-show? Counting the pre-show. Okay. Especially since one of the, um, although I, I guess I should clarify, one of the hours that the pre-show is on USA, mm-hmm. but the theory seems to be that they're going to end up on Fox for the XFL, so maybe they won't advertise it during that part. But I would venture there will be a spot advertising coming next spring, XFL 2020. At least one, probably two or three. Are Colin Jost and Michael Che doing the XFL game play-by-play? <laughs> Is Who that knows? is that Who what knows? this is? It's I mean it's it's uh it's definite you know cross promotion Universal USA NBC all that good stuff um uh, you know and it's it's New York and so they can you know build something up and uh, you know it's it's fine I mean I get it they always like to do some comic relief like Pete Rose back in the day when he got tombstone by Kane um I just the, the sad part is getting uh, old Braun Strowman dragged into it does. He could have been something big by now, and they've they've wasted his momentum. But they've done good with other people, and, and we do need to discuss the positives of this show because there are a lot. Like you know, as much as there is to criticize, it should be a good show. There's a lot of headliners. All right, so you've got the the joke battle royal, you've got the women's battle royal, yes. you've got the cruiserweight championship. I'm going through the ones yes. that I can't speak intelligently about at no, all. No, those are probably your kickoff show matches. At least two of the three, maybe all three. So. Yeah, those those we can check off the list quickly. You've got a uh, a fatal four way SmackDown men's tag team title matchup, um, which could be a pretty good match. No build to it at all. They just announced it yesterday, um, but you know some some good com- competitors in that that will probably put on a good show. This just feels like a way to get more people involved. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, as is of course the battle royal. 
I mean, you know, the the story has been for years that, you know, they get their biggest check from WrestleMania, so they try to get as many people on that show as possible so mm-hmm. that guys can get their WrestleMania check. Yeah. Um, then you've got the Fatal 4-Way Raw Women's Tag Team Championship yeah. match, yeah. which is the Raw Championship, but as far as I know, they it's fight the... fight on every show. Yeah, it's also yeah. the only championship yes, that matters. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. They're on Raw, but they also fight SmackDown and and apparently NXT as well, though I don't think they've actually fought on NXT, but they say they will. Um, so, yeah, and you've got, you've got your retired Beth Phoenix coming back to uh, be the headliner. She's not going to win. Means she's not going to win, no. I, the interesting thing is the rumor, you know, a couple months ago was the WrestleMania match would be Banks and Bailey against Trish and Lita. Mm-hmm. And that never got... Happened, it never happened at all, never got brought up. So I wonder if one of the two of them or both uh, passed on the option and they ended up with Beth Phoenix as a substitute for that. Yeah. Well, and then you would have thought that this would have been a perfect spot for the Bella Twins, but they both True. now are officially retired, yes. which yes. which might be legit. Who knows? Um, I, thought, I thought Shawn Michaels's was. But. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I guess, you know, Nikki Bella says, I'm retired, but uh, I'd still wrestle. Like, well, then you're not really retired. Uh, that that's that's not retiring. Yeah, I mean I'm retired, but I still am a lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long know, as but, they pay me, I guess I'm still right. also a lawyer. But <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that'll be an okay match. I think Banks and Bailey will win. You know, but you know that that's not a huge headliner to me. Those are the five that are kind of the least like. Eh. And then you've got the five championship matches: two world titles, women's title, U.S. title, IC title. And then there's five other matches that are, you know, no title or anything on the line, but should be interesting because of the build and who's in them. So Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe for the U.S. title should be fun. couple guys yeah. who, you know, have been all around the yeah. world yeah. wrestling. History and- with uh, Impact Wrestling, TNA, all that good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love Samoa Joe. He's one of my – I think his character's great. He's a great heel. I'm glad they gave him a title. I hope he I hope he keeps it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have given him the world title last year against AJ Styles. You know, he fought him like three times and never won. I think I think he's good, and they they need to build him up. Uh, Kurt Angle retirement match. It's I, Baron Corbin. I I is, or John Cena. I, yeah, I mean, John look, Cena would be great. Angle's yeah. gonna lose, and and that's just how it goes. Probably, yeah. Because um, you don't retire on a win. No, you don't. You usually don't. Yeah. I want, now, I do wonder if we see an angle, uh, no pun intended, he loses, and then, you know, Corbin goes for the post-match beatdown, and he, you know, makes a comeback and gives him the Olympic slam and, you know, goes out with a moment of triumph. Yeah. Or you think he's done, and then two years from now, John Cena doesn't have an opponent, <laughs> and he comes yeah. back and I beats mean, John yeah, Cena quickly. The, the asterisk must be put on every retirement match in pro wrestling that there's a pretty good chance we will see Kurt Angle again in wrestling. Um, and it's I not our not. it's not our only retirement match because not, Triple H, if he loses, has to retire right. as a wrestler. Which right. you know, a couple things about that. One, I'm glad we have to keep that caveat because he's an executive for the company. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. That makes this match to me very predictable, which I will say the top matches on the card are not predictable. And that's that's one of the best parts of this show, I think. 
um, is it's hard to know who's going to win some of these. But uh, that one is predictable. That you know, Triple H is not done wrestling at big shows. Now he's not a full time wrestler anymore, and he doesn't need to be. But there is no way Triple H's ego is done being a headliner at WrestleMania and or SummerSlam. Um, Batista is done. This is probably his last match, I would assume, since he's a big movie star now. So that, to me, is an obvious Triple H is going to win. We're also clearly heading for a Batista to the WWE Hall of Fame next year, a la Goldberg. You come back to remind the fans, like, hey, I'm I'm a guy who you like. And then... And then next year he could be the fan favorite headliner uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. 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 And uh, he can be introduced by uh, the sack from Wedding Crashers, which will be great. So, <laughs> yes, he can. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I want know, Bradley like, Cooper to do it, but I want him to play that character. I don't <laughs> want him to be, you know, Bradley Cooper. Sack Lodge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I, the one surprise about this and I, I kind of like the way they've done it, but I'm surprised they brought Batista back as a heel. Uh, you know, triple H is, is always a heel. It seems like. And so they've kind of gone the opposite of what you would have expected when Goldberg came back. He was the, you know, the conquering hero. Everyone loved him. I, I kind of figured they'd go that route with the Batista return, but they've decided to go triple H as the face in this unique, um, don't see that too often, but it's been built fairly well. Yeah, you can see Batista's a little rusty when it comes to his promo stuff. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been great in talking, um, but it should be a you know it'll be a show. Uh, any Triple H WrestleMania match, you know, he'll do an extravagant entrance and you know get all dressed up in the King gear and all that good stuff. So the McMahon family, right there, we think is one and zero. Shane McMahon versus The Miz in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're doing this at uh, the football stadium in yes. East Rutherford. Does yep. Shane McMahon leap off the side of the building into the, <laughs> like, storage area? Yeah. Well, you know uh, you know that Shane is going to take some sort of, you know, death-defying bump because uh, that's what he does. Um, however, he's now heel Shane, which is interesting because he hasn't been heel Shane for a long time. Um, you know they've they've made well since he came back in 2016. He's been he's been good guy. Yes, yes, and and Miz has been a bad guy for most of his prime. So again, they've kind of gone opposite uh, what you would have expected. Uh, Again, like that, it's okay to break from type every now and again. Um, I think Miz wins this for sure. Uh, You know, it makes sense. Miz is the full time wrestler. Shane will probably take a a hiatus after this for a while, spend time with the family, etc. Um, you know, he's not full-time WWE anymore, so I would expect Miz to get his revenge and come out on top. Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Uh, Could be a good match. That, that's the match for the wrestling fan. The it fan is, of the yeah. technical yeah. wrestling. Could be good. They've, they've built it well. Their, their little exchange last night where they traded personal insults was is always good when you can kind of, like, bring in the real-life stuff with the – with the script, I mean AJ Styles talking about how you know he was he was uh, you know toiling away in the Indies while Orton was being suspended for failing drug tests. Uh, you know, yeah. I like that, and you that's can, true. I mean, that it is, it is, yes. And you know, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean they've they've built it fairly well for one that really didn't have any true build to it. They've done a pretty good job of of you know building something up, um, nothing on the line, but that's okay. 
doesn't need to be. You know, should should be a good match. I, I think Orton wins just because this seems to be a heavy, uh, likely a lot of faces win show that you got to pick some heels to win. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking Orton wins that one. When we get to, or if we've already said it, when we're at the match that takes under two minutes and the intros are longer than the match itself, tell me yes. what, tell me where we are. Um, I, I think that the next one is the one that could be it. When you say a heel has to win at some point, Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. Finn Balor. Now I think Balor wins because they're going Demon Balor. Hmm. I didn't know that, that they're was, really they're for sure doing that. They're doing it. He said on Monday he's he's bringing out the Demon, which of course. You know, when we use wrestling logic here, why would he not bring out the demon to fight Brock Lesnar for the Universal title, but he's bringing out the demon to fight for the Intercontinental title? Uh, There is no answer to that, except for the fact that he wasn't going to win that match against Brock Lesnar, and he's Mm -hmm. probably going to win this match. And Brock Lesnar doesn't like getting paint on himself. Right, right, yeah. I I expect Balor to win since they're doing the demon that, you know, they'll defeat the demon eventually, but I doubt with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Uh, another non-title match: Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre. Um, Which that could be one where the heel wins. They get, you know, Reigns had the, the dramatic comeback and he got the win with the Shield at, at uh, Fastlane. So I, I could see them giving McIntyre that win. They they apparently think the world of McIntyre is a big star, and that's a that's a you know big win to have on their resume. Beating Reigns at WrestleMania, they can build that for a while. And then we've got the three big title matches. Yes, um, yes, where the where the show will be made or or not, basically. Those three matches are going to be the identity of the show, I think. So let's talk a little bit about the Daniel Bryan-Kofi Kingston build. The accidental greatest build <laughs> to a WrestleMania. Man, you know, you, you, it's, you're right. It's a classic example of like, you know, they always talk about how they lay out plans for WrestleMania months in advance. And and I think, you know, you saw that with the women's match and you saw that with Lesnar and Rollins. This is, you know, it's been in the works for months now. This one was, uh, you know, they fell into it. Um, I mean, without Mustafa, no longer known as Mustafa Ali, getting injured, Kingston's not even in that gauntlet match doesn't get the you know the fans whipped up into a frenzy and who knows you know they're probably fighting in a in a meaningless you know tag team match on this show um and yeah they've they've gone with it which is what you know talk about Braun Strowman they missed the window with him hopefully they're not going to miss it with Kingston like it's there take it they're putting him in this match is excellent and I say give him the win give him the title for a while I think they need to um I've heard on um ESPN, the Cheap Heat podcast, where they were talking about this may be a mea culpa by Triple H in creative when he beat five time, five time, five time Booker T. Booker T. Um, First came over. Yeah. yeah, When when he should have had Booker T win. Um, Yes. Yes. And, you know, now we're still at The Rock is the first last and only uh, non-white guy title holder. That's that's interesting. I mean, I I didn't think about that element of it, Um, and it it certainly could be. Um, Yeah, it's it's been a great build, and the fans have stayed into it. I mean, the the reaction that Kofi got last night 
during the, you know, end of show promo. And, and Brian's done such a great job in this too. I mean, Brian has completely He's sold embraced it. the heel role and, and just done a I mean, for somebody who was a face for so long and the, and the fan favorite, he has turned it so well and really managed to get people to dislike him, but in a wrestling positive sort of way, like, you know, you dislike him, but you don't hate seeing him on screen. Mm-hmm. You love disliking him. Um, and he's done a great job of that. I mean, he is, he's maybe the, you know, one of the best performers all around wrestling and mic skills and everything that they've got now. Um, and he's played this role well and Kofi's played it well. And I mean, it probably, I would say, and it's funny because like you said, it was, it was, you know, an accident, but I say the best built of the title matches is, is this one of the three. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got the best anticipation. Um, Seth and Brock, the build was the traditional build of you win mm-hmm. WrestleMania or you win the Royal Rumble, the Rumble. you get the WrestleMania title shot. Yeah, um, yeah. and when we get to the women's match, you and I will talk through legally the flaws <laughs> it was of. Not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not that simple. But yes, this one they've managed to. Uh, you know, get through the 10 weeks without any sort of like, oh, Rollins is out, Rollins is back in, Rollins is out, Rollins is back in. Um, Honestly, the Reigns uh, illness and comeback uh-huh. kind of helped that because it gave them something, gave to, them something do. to do. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Lesnar's never on TV. Like, I don't, I don't like that, but they couldn't really do a lot with Rollins anyway with Lesnar because he's never on. I think he was only on three times between Rumble and WrestleMania. Um, you know, and they don't, he doesn't wrestle TV matches ever, so they can't do the, you know, tag team match or whatever they always like to do with big matches. Um, so, I, I think Brock wins this. I think everybody expects Rollins to win and Brock's going to take his hiatus and, and every time you feel like that's the case, Vince decides to pay Brock more money and keep the title on him. He likes him. He likes he giving him money, I guess. He does. He, he loves Brock, I think. And he loves what Brock brings to the table, which is mainstream attention. Uh, and, and, you know, he does. I mean, Brock Lesnar is, is a name in the fight world. He's a name in the sports world. And, and he's, you know, he's one of those people that gets you on ESPN, um, like Ronda Rousey. Uh, so... I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I want Rollins to win, but I just don't think all three of these matches end with the babyface overcoming the odds to win the title. And I think Lynch is going to win. I think that's the most confident. And I think they're going to give Kingston the title. So I'm just thinking they're going to have Rollins lose. Well, on the women's match, so we talked about this. We didn't record it, but I walked through, <laughs> and, and I think I'm right on this. Yeah. So, for those of you who are still listening, God bless you. Congrats. Yeah, 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 good job. Be proud of that. In the the Rumble, what happened, as as all of you I'm sure will recall, Lana got injured and hurt her ankle in a way that is unclear how bad because she seemed Uh, fine. Well, it was devastating that night, but she's fought several times since, so apparently Mm -hmm. not that bad. Um, and she couldn't make it to the ring. The next competitor to come down, I believe was Nia Jax, who then pummeled her for no reason before coming to the ring. Yeah. Then with, um, medical people 
many officials, including Fit Finley. Uh, yeah. the, the, the final entrance all are in the ring. And yep. Becky Lynch, previously injured and still and, same. And previously losing the SmackDown women's title match earlier in the night. Yeah. And, and still uh, nursing that injury today. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst leg injury. It's the worst injury since Michael Corleone broke his face yeah. uh, at the hands of uh, Captain McCluskey. Yeah. With no surgery required at all, mind you. Right. right. Um, Becky goes down the ramp and convinces Fit Finley to let her enter yes. in the Lana spot, although. As the number 30 entrant. Although. Even we already had the number yeah. 30 entrant. So we're talking like a six minute reprieve. Right. Uh, uh, from having to be there, she was actually in Lana's spot. Right. She gets in and wins, and yep. you know eliminates Charlotte, who of the original thirty competitors was the final remaining wrestler. She was. She was. Yes. Um, then Becky goes off on a tirade against the McMahon family and how she's the man, and Vince decides that he's going to put Charlotte, not Becky, in the yes. re- in the WrestleMania title match. Suspension. And of course, let's not forget the suspension was originally born out of the fact that she refused to get medical treatment for her injured leg. Um, and so Triple which H was then, suspended her for her own good. Yeah, which was then, then reduced to, uh, it was then reduced to uh, if she apologized. Right. And the, they agreed to lift it. And then two minutes later, Vince comes out and says he's giving her a 60-day suspension, which of course was eight weeks ago, so would have gone through WrestleMania. Stunningly, that suspension didn't hold, and she was reinstated by Stephanie, making the question, why didn't Stephanie just reinstate her from the very start? There is no answer to that. The hierarchy and, and who reports to who right. uh, for very suspensions confusing. is very loose. But, <laughs> very confusing. But Vince my, never re, re, you know, took away that suspension, but apparently it's, it's null and void. My problem is, if, if we're going to do this, and I obviously am not a WWE writer, um, no, though I'm available if anyone's right. listening. I think Matt right. and I could do a, a real bang-up job after I think our, so too. After our six- chance to, <laughs> to write a Raw and SmackDown and just give us a whirl. You know, one, one test week. We'll see what happens. So I don't understand why Vince didn't just come down and say, Becky, you're not suspended. I'm glad you were able to apologize and work through whatever your issues are. However... The rules of the Royal Rumble are clear. There are right. 30 entrants unless it's the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. And yes. the 30th entrant was not you. Right. Lana could not compete, but Fit yeah. Finley aired in allowing you to and replace her after, yes. the, after the 30th wrestler had entered. There's not supposed right. to be a 31st entrant. True. True. Therefore, the winner of the Royal one. Rumble is Charlotte. Yeah. It would have made more sense. And they never acknowledged that part at all. Like yeah. the only acknowledgement was Charlotte, a little bit of whining the following week after Royal Rumble. But even then didn't really go to the, you know, Hey, she wasn't even supposed to be in it. This isn't fair, which heels always whine. And yeah. so I didn't really get why they didn't do that. But then of course they never acknowledged that Becky shouldn't have won the rumble or was an illegal participant or whatever. They give her the win, but then she had to win another match against Charlotte, who to that point had won a match all year at the last pay-per-view in order to get in a triple threat. Charlotte was granted in, and if your head isn't spinning by now, I don't know what to tell you. Well, and then at that pay-per-view, Charlotte 
is potentially going to win. So Ronda uh, Rousey comes and decks Becky yeah, to get Becky get a Becky disqualification win. Right, right. Which makes no sense logically. But we're supposed to believe that Ronda is, is so proud. And I guess, okay, they built that fairly well. That Ronda thinks she could beat either one of them and she doesn't want any excuses. She's going to beat them both. And that's yeah. that. Well, okay. and, and she I'll doesn't believe that aspect. You know, and then out of nowhere, they have uh, Charlotte win the win the SmackDown title. title. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just so that they can have a unification, so they can yes. float between Fox and USA. Right. Um, right. Yeah. What they're going to do with that? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's been a confusing build. It calls to mind. I don't. I think it was WrestleMania thirty or thirty-one when Bryan won his title. Um, and instead of just going the simple route of having Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble and face the champion who was Randy Orton, Batista won the Rumble, and then Bryan had to win, and then he had to face Triple H, and and you know blah blah blah. And they finally got to the triple threat. The match was great. Bryan won, and that's all people remember. Feels kind of like this is going to be that way. I think Lynch is going to win. She's going to get her triumphant moment at the end of WrestleMania. Hopefully, the crowd won't be half asleep in the stands for seven and a half hours by that point um but you know it's going to end well i think but the road has been really confusing yeah. and really circuitous so that's it that's all the matches that's it, that's it. so what are, what are your thoughts you, you think lynch wins i i so i'll just run through i think it's going to be becky brock i hope kofi yeah uh I think it's going to be – I liked your point about Drew McIntyre, so I'll, I'll take him. I, okay. I think Finn will beat Lashley, although if there's a squash match in here, my money's on that one uh, for okay. just a quick thing because Finn can lose quickly. They've, That's they, a good question. What is, the, what is the squash match if there is one? Could it be Triple H Batista? I don't think it's a squash, right? I mean it's, it might be short. But they've built it up. I, it can't be two minutes. Uh, no. I, I could, could it see be Angle Corbin. It, it could be Angle Corbin. What I was going to say is, I think it could be Orton Styles, and he just hits him with the yeah. RKO, and it's over. Yeah, and then they do a rematch at the next pay per view with a yeah. longer match. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I could see that. You know, it's not going to be the women's tag because mm-hmm. you don't trot <laughs> you out Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix for that. Right. Um, you got to, you know, when you got eight people involved, you got to give them a little bit of time at least. Yeah. The, and, and you know the cruiser weight and the battle royals are pre-show, yeah, so they don't matter. Pre-show, Styles Orton is that's a good that's one that I could see. I hope they don't because they built it okay and and it, you know, but yeah, that's a good point. They could they could easily do that, and then at the next pay per view when there's less clutter, give them a you know twenty minute match. Yeah, I, I mean, because I could see it. They could even do it in a way where you know the insults really bothered AJ Styles, and they're. He's really hyped up, and he comes out, and he just starts pounding yeah. on Orton, and he throws him into the ropes, and he chases him into the corner, and all of a sudden, yeah. Orton flips it and RKO, and it's over. Orton cheats somehow to yeah. you know distract him, RKO, and it's over in like two minutes. Yeah, that way you build the you know Styles was cheated out of his chance to beat Orton, and he wants a rematch. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's a good question, though. Yeah, I mean they've you know they've built up so many of these. And yeah, something I mean, like Reigns McIntyre. Reigns is not getting squashed. 
like Reigns may lose, but he's not getting squashed. There's no yeah. way. Well, and I don't um, think you know, I don't think you set up a falls count anywhere match to get a squash. I don't think you do a no, re- exactly, and I don't think you do it for a retirement match. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, now I could see the angle match is going to be short. I mean, it may not be a one two total like thirty second squash, but Angle can't do a long match anymore. I mean, he doesn't have it, and Corbin's not a great wrestler. So the, the, if they're smart, they're booking that for like five minutes. But but one thing Corbin does that the at least the character has given them is the Golden Gloves, you know, true. line of his true. ability to box because you can just stand there for a while and just you know that's true. For, that's throw true. a guy in the corner and he just starts throwing you know punches to the guy's chest and yeah everyone's resting um that's a good point yeah yeah i mean if it's not john cena so exactly i kind of want to see a john cena rock batista triple threat uh with special guest referee vin diesel (laughs) i'd love to see that yes yes but i i think we may have seen the last of the rock as a wrestler he's he's too big of a star now like there's no, there's no. Re- I mean, I guess maybe if his movie career flops soon, but it doesn't show any sign of doing that. Well, like and every he's movie getting he makes like a huge hit. The one thing that is overlooked with The Rock is he's not getting any younger. He's getting no, old. He's not exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, if it if it flops soon, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he doesn't have that many prime years left to wrestle. Now, granted. You know, we've talked about it. Pro wrestling is the sport where you can build somebody to look good at 55 like they've done with Undertaker just by saying, you know, this is how it's going to be. But still, you know, how long and how much time is there for The Rock to make that move? I don't I don't know. I think we might have seen the end of him as a as an in-ring competitor. They're always going to hold out hope, though, I'm sure. Uh, If he if he calls uh, you know next December and says, I'm in for WrestleMania, he'll be in for WrestleMania. Yeah, well, and he doesn't need the money, not that I think Batista does, but you know that Vince will just, you know, give him a check for whatever whatever. he wants. Yeah, If he wants to play in the XFL, he's playing in the XFL. He's playing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's going to be an opportunity for him if he wants it, but. Yeah, I mean, every year there's a rumor of it around November, December. Oh, they're going to have the rock face this guy, and it doesn't happen because he stands to lose too much. I mean, it, it was a few years ago when he did get hurt, and they had to delay whatever movie he was filming because he tore his tricep or something like that. And I don't, I don't think you know anybody wants to take that risk. Yeah, he'll. The next time we'll see him, he'll be in the corner of uh, the Usos Roman and Roman Reigns, or something like that. Yeah, as they yeah. you know, as they take on the uh, champion and tag team champion. Yeah, uh, New yeah, Day. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could I could see that, but yeah, I, I think we've we've probably seen the end of that. But uh, and I think this is probably it for Batista. I mean, he's fifty, I guess. Like yeah. you know, it's it's probably the end for him, and probably should be. But you know, an okay way to go out. He'll go out taking the fall. Give Triple H the. The win that he desperately needs because Triple H has not won enough matches in his career. Do you think? Uh, do you think Batista had to lose this to get in the Hall of Fame? Do you think that was like Probably. a thing? Probably so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a hey, come back and uh, Triple H is going to beat you in a big match because he never has. Mm-hmm. And then we'll make you a Hall yeah. of Famer. 
Yep, yep. And then probably in two or three years, they'll put Evolution in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Triple H is going to be the first 17-time Hall of Famer. They're going to put every faction that he's ever been a part of in the Hall of Fame. I'm really excited for the corporate ministry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The McMahon-Helmsley faction. Uh, well, that's it. That that was it. That's I'm out. I have no more it, opinions. It'll be a it'll be a fun show. Yes, yes. It's uh, WrestleMania. They don't put the number on it anymore, but I believe this is 35. Mm-hmm. It is. So yeah, so it's a big one. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back. We'll have opinions and we'll talk about sports uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe break down some WrestleMania. Who's, who's to say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.